May 17th. And as we turn our attention now to the New Testament, we'll be reading in John chapter 9, verses 1 through 41. We'll read about irritation. By putting clay on the man's eyes, Jesus encouraged him to obey and wash on the Sabbath. Sometimes the Lord irritates us before He illuminates us. That's a great principle to remember. His power is so great that He can use common things like dirt and water and clay to produce His miracles. The man could hear but not see, and the Word produced faith. And we'll read about the interrogation that took place afterwards. The man was questioned by the neighbors and by the Pharisees. And then we'll read about identification. The Pharisees, of course, were false shepherds who threw the man out. But Jesus, the good shepherd, took him in. The man knew that he was a man called Jesus, a prophet, he said, and a man of God. But he needed to learn that he is the Son of God. He believed and was saved. Beware a spiritual experience that comes short of true salvation. And now, let's read about it in the New Testament. May 17th, John chapter 9, verses 1 through 41. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Teacher, his disciples asked him, Why was this man born blind? Was it a result of his own sin or those of his parents? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. He was born blind, so the power of God could be seen in him. All of us must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent me, because there is little time left before the night falls, and all work comes to an end. But while I am still here in this world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and smoothed the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, Go and wash in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means scent. So the man went and washed, and came back seeing. His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, Is this the same man, that beggar? Some said he was, and others said, No, but he surely looks like him. And the beggar kept saying, I am the same man. They asked, Who healed you? What happened? He told them, The man they called Jesus made mud and smoothed it over my eyes and told me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash off the mud. I went and washed, and now I can see. Where is he now? They asked. I don't know, he replied. Then they took the man to the Pharisees. Now as it happened, Jesus had healed the man on the Sabbath. The Pharisees asked the man all about it, so he told them. He smoothed the mud over my eyes, and when it was washed away, I could see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man Jesus is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath. Others said, But how could an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was deep division of opinion among them. Then the Pharisees once again questioned the man who had been blind and demanded, This man who opened your eyes, who do you say he is? The man replied, I think he must be a prophet. The Jewish leaders wouldn't believe he had been blind, so they called in his parents. 
They asked then, Is this your son? Was he born blind? If so, how can he see? His parents replied, We know this is our son, and that he was born blind, but we don't know how he can see or who healed him. He is old enough to speak for himself. Ask him. They said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders, who had announced that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. That's why they said, He is old enough to speak for himself. Ask him. So for the second time they called in the man who had been blind and told him, Give glory to God by telling the truth, because we know Jesus is a sinner. I don't know whether he is a sinner, the man replied, but I know this. I was blind, and now I can see. But what did he do, they asked. How did he heal you? Look, the man exclaimed, I told you once. Didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they cursed him and said, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know God spoke to Moses, but as for this man, we don't know anything about him. Why, that's very strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know anything about him. Well, God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Never since the world began has anyone been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't do it. You were born in sin, they answered. Are you trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. When Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man and said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? The man answered, Who is he, sir? Because I would like to. You have seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. Yes, Lord, the man said, I believe. And he worshipped Jesus. Then Jesus told him, I have come to judge the world. I have come to give sight to the blind and to show these who think they see that they are blind. The Pharisees who were standing there heard him and asked, Are you saying we are blind? If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, Jesus replied. But you remain guilty because you claim you can see. Let's read on. Look, look, look at the advantage you have in troubling times to experience supernatural peace. Look at verse 18. Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I have adopted you and you are mine. Look at this, semicolon. I will come to you. Do you feel abandoned? Do you feel overlooked? You feel marginalized? You feel undervalued? You feel like you're spouse and you've grown distant, you feel like you haven't heard from your son who went off to college, you're starting to get worried and you're wondering, God, are you faithful? God, are you true? God, are you there? Look at this promise. He says, I will come to you. I am not a negligent father. I am not far from you. I'm on the inside of you. I will come to you time and time and time and time again. I am faithful. I am true. I do not change. So I'm here to tell somebody who's going through the fight of their life or the storm of a lifetime and you got questions and you got concerns and you got stress and you got anxiety and you got fear and you're going, God, where are you? I want to remind you, we have a promise that he is faithful, he is true, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. I will come to you. 
Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Listen to that. The world's not going to see him because he's not, no longer in his physical, visible form. But we will still see him because now he's in his spirit form. And the spirit within us will show us Jesus. He says, in the day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Whoever has, here it is again, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by the Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. I will manifest myself to him. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, Spirit of Jesus is your counselor, which is to say the primary role of the Spirit of Jesus is to show you Jesus. The Spirit wants to do one thing the most on the inside of you. He yearns to show you Jesus. That's his passion for he is Jesus. And I'm telling you, I'm just going to give you a little, a little tool, a little, a little key. When you open this book, look for Jesus. It's my favorite. It's like a treasure hunt. It's my favorite thing to do is to open this book and say, now, 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 spirit of Jesus, show me Jesus. I'm telling you, he'll show you Jesus in the book of Lamentations. Don't look for principles merely. Don't look for just a good story merely. Don't look for success keys merely. Look for Jesus and this book will come alive to you. Spirit, spirit of Jesus, show me Jesus in this verse. Show me Jesus. In a verse, like if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Jesus is in there. That's when you go, wait a minute, I can't love you and I can't keep, keep, keep your commandments. And that's where Jesus goes, I know, that's what I do. <laughs> Through you, for you, help you. And there he is. Telling you when we get together, it's got to be more about Jesus than ourselves. We read this book, it's got to be more about Jesus than ourselves. The strength and power, fortitude, strength and peace is not in ourselves, it's in Jesus. It's in Jesus. What does the counselor do? He manifests to you Jesus. Notice what it says going all the way down. It says, verse 26, the helper, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. He's a counselor. And bring to your remembrance all that I have said. Today, we're reading from Psalm 113, verse 1, through 114, verse 8. And this is a concise manual of worship presented here. Who should worship? Well, servants of the Lord includes all of God's people. For those who've trusted Him surely would want to live for Him. Now, it also talks about when we worship. So start right now and keep on going. It's always time to praise the Lord. Make every breath a hymn of worship. And in this manual, we'll see where we worship. His name should be praised from east to west all day long, no matter where we are. The more you experience His grace in your daily life, the more praise you'll bring to Him. If you have a problem praising the Lord from sunup to sundown, what are you going to do for all eternity? Psalm 113, verse 1 through 114, verse 8. Praise the Lord. Yes, give praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord forever and ever. Everywhere, from east to west, praise the name of the Lord. For the Lord is high above the nations. His glory is far greater than the heavens. Who can be compared with the Lord our God? who is enthroned on high, 
Far below him are the heavens and the earth. He stoops to look, and he lifts the poor from the dirt and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes, even the princes of his own people. He gives the barren woman a home, so that she becomes a happy mother. Praise the Lord! When the Israelites escaped from Egypt, when the family of Jacob left that foreign land, the land of Judah became God's sanctuary, and Israel became his kingdom. The Red Sea saw them coming and hurried out of their way. The water of the Jordan River turned away. The mountains skipped like rams, the little hills like lambs. What's wrong, Red Sea, that made you hurry out of their way? What happened, Jordan River, that you turned away? Why, mountains, did you skip like rams? Why, little hills like lambs? Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Israel. He turned the rock into pools of water. Yes, springs of water came from solid rock. Proverbs 15, verses 15 through 17. For the poor, every day brings trouble. For the happy heart, life is a continual feast. It is better to have little with fear for the Lord than to have great treasure with turmoil. A bowl of soup with someone you love is better than steak with someone you hate.